Hello, listener. Welcome back. Thanks for being here today. I am um, Dr. Beth Tramel. I'm your host, and I'm a licensed psychologist and an associate professor of psychology at Indiana University East, where I'm also the director of the Master's in Mental Health Counseling Program. And I am really excited about this topic because I think um, my whole goal for this podcast is to talk about things that, one, will be helpful to people but also to talk about things that maybe we in the profession uh, talk about, but maybe the general public doesn't necessarily know quite as much about, or there is this alternative narrative in the general public that I would like to use this platform to introduce a new narrative. And the topic today is going to be about ADHD. And we have talked about ADHD um, in the past on this podcast, but we're going to take a particular look at ADHD in women and everything that goes around this. So I am so happy to welcome back my guest, Danielle Peters. Um, Danielle, thanks for being here this morning. And while you're on vacation. Thank you for saying yes to being here. Um, I'm just so grateful. And um, uh, please just go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us one fun thing about you. So I'm really excited to be here again. <laughs> it's so much fun last time. Um, so my name is Danielle Peters, marriage family therapist. And um, I love to spend time outdoors, whether it's the beach or the ocean or the forest, just, you know, Anything that can get me out of the city. Yeah. And you're trying to be outdoors now on vacation, right? Um, But the weather sometimes is better than others. Yep. We're at the beach and it's very stormy. So (laughs) it's it's like you try to have a a good perspective about it. But, you know, when you go to the beach, you'd really like to have just, just like slightly better weather. Yeah. It would be nice if it wasn't flooding. (laughs) (laughs) you know here we are okay well we're inside today so that's good um and we're going to talk about adhd in women i i love what you said at the beginning and i agree with this i i think this is part of the struggle with adhd in general is that we have this idea we as a culture um and and kind of the narrative around adhd the picture people see of adhd Mm -hmm. is not usually the 38, 35, 45-year-old woman, right? Usually if you say ADHD, you think seven-year-old boy. Yeah. The cultural stereotype is the seven-year-old boy who can't sit still in school and is is struggling in school and his, you know, his teacher can't figure out how to teach him because he won't sit still, he won't focus, he, you know, he does impulsive things in class. And that's not the reality that's not the only person that struggles with ADHD. ADHD um, spans the lifetime. It's um, something that doesn't just affect six or seven-year-old boys, but it also affects teenagers, it affects adults, and it affects women. And because of that specific narrative, both little girls and adult women get missed when they're really struggling and could really use some help. It's so important for us to just remind folks that, yeah, I mean, ADHD in the seven-year-old boy is real. We're certainly not saying that that's not real. I think what we're saying is it's also real for other people. And so what are some of the things that a person might look out for 
um, or, or might begin to think, huh, never really thought about ADHD in, in girls or women. Why do you think we miss it so much? I think part of it is because a lot of the behaviors that come with ADHD are kind of this like stereotypical, not necessarily stereotypical female behaviors, but they're stereotypical of a certain female archetype. Mm. And so we just kind of brush it off as a personality Mm. um, instead of an actual thing that might be able to get help. Um, So, you know, you think about, like stereotypical, like space cadet is a word that you hear a lot for um, a woman with ADHD or a little girl with ADHD. Yeah. Um, you know, they seem really flighty. They maybe have a hard time focusing on conversations and maintaining the like flow of the conversation. They um, lose things constantly. They're late all the time and they can be now I've seen both. They can be chronically disorganized or they end up really organized as a like coping mechanism yep. to deal with the disorganization that their brain feels. Right. So I think one of the things that immediately comes to mind for me, um, you know, me even personally, right. Mm-hmm. That I'm like, yep. Um, flighty. Yep. Loses things. Yep. Leaves my crap everywhere. And then I can't find it. Yep. And, and I think, you know, me, Personally, I've probably had some moments where I'm like, I'm probably diagnosable. Um, But then I think there's other moments where I have felt and probably other women are like, I'm just so busy. I have so many things that that can also look like I'm losing things. I can't keep myself like, you know, I'm flighty. I can't keep myself together. And so how do we kind of differentiate um it may be an ADHD sort of, maybe we should look into this more sort of thing Mm -hmm. versus you just have too much going on, girl. And you got to kind of like take a couple of steps back and then you won't be losing stuff. I almost said the word I shouldn't say on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So the the important part of that is that those symptoms or behaviors are kind of lasting throughout the lifetime, Mm. whether or not they are times that the person, so stress does exacerbate ADHD. So if you already have symptoms and you're too busy, which people with ADHD tend to do to themselves, um, it will get worse, but it's something that has happened, you know, maybe since you were a child or since you were as long as you can remember, like there have been these instances where you've looked around and felt like I'm missing things that other people aren't are catching, or I, you know, everybody is frustrating with me with frustrated with me because I'm constantly trying to leave the house without my shoes on, or things along those lines. Yeah, those are great examples. And I, I think I use a similar kind of line of questioning with women or or frankly, any adult, as I'm trying to differentiate too, that it's like, for as long as you can remember, have you kind of had a hard time in some way, kind of keeping Mm -hmm. it together or remembering things or organization? Have you kind of always been messy? You know, those sorts of things, because you're looking for that longevity. I mean, to have um, true ADHD, it really does have to be a kind of chronic problem. It's not like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm 35 oh. and now suddenly I have started having all these problems. I mean, it has exactly. to have been around for a while. Yeah. It's not something that 
you just that just started happening last week yeah like it's something that when you look back you say oh yeah i remember having this experience in in elementary school or i remember you know people talking about how messy my car was or you know it's something that when you look back you can see this consistent pattern throughout your lifetime yeah, but it may not be exactly the same. It's just yes. kind of the underlying thing. So maybe mm-hmm. you didn't talk out a lot. Maybe you didn't, you know, you weren't interrupting a lot when you were little and now you can't seem to like get through the whole conversation. So it, it doesn't have to be exactly the same, but there have just to have kind of these, yeah, these this pattern of some sort of cluster of disorganization, forgetfulness, mm-hmm. impulsivity, you know, inattention kinds of things, right? Yeah. That's why you need a doctor that you really, you know, that really understands ADHD in women and adults because it does look different from a child to an adult. We know that as um, adults get, as children get older, that it changes the children with the hyperactive type. So that six-year-old boy often turns into an inattentive adult or teenager. And so, you know, it looks different across the lifespan, but it's still the same types of symptoms. And I think part of what we, what we do in this narrative in our culture is that we don't talk about the symptoms that uh, women have Mm. really don't talk about it. We just talk about what that six-year-old little boy looks like. And there, there's also this harder part where women, because of our role in our culture, we also hide things a little bit better in order to socially um, kind of pass socially and get along in our, our, with other women and the rest of the world. There's more pressure on us to get along socially. So sometimes we can learn to hide our symptoms more as well. Yeah. So how do you see that playing out for women that you work with um, or just kind of women that you know? How do you see that? Well, I I see this a lot in, so it it adds a lot of shame to people's lives. I've worked with like 30, between 30 and 40 year olds who have recently been diagnosed. And I've had a couple of people say to me, once they get on medication, I thought I was just lazy. Mm. I thought there was just it, there was something fundamentally wrong with my ability to do things. Yeah. How women kind of get missed is that we attribute personality characteristics to women instead of like being like, hey, you know, you have days where you can't get out of bed, you can never keep up on the dishes, like maybe there is something going on here other than um other than just being lazy. Yeah. I mean, I love you said that earlier too, that, you know, we, we see it as a personality problem and not something that we could get help for, right? Like meds or behavioral therapy or kind of therapy in general. And I think that's what you're describing is these clients that um, you've worked with that, once they start getting treatment for ADHD, which by the way, we have oodles and oodles and oodles of evidence-based treatment for ADHD. I'm not sure we have quite as much oodles and oodles and oodles of ADHD 
treatment for women, but treatment for ADHD, nonetheless, we have lots of um, options for. And so I think you're right on track for what I see also that we, as women sometimes think, well, this is just something I got to push through. This is just something that this is who I am and I just got to be stronger or this is who I am. And why can't I get it together like so-and-so that I see on social media or my mom or my sister or whoever, we compare ourselves to other people who have it all together. And we think I'm flawed instead of me. Exactly. What's wrong with me instead of my brain doesn't operate the way Mm -hmm. other people's brains work and I can get some treatment for that. Yeah. And part of what treatment does the medication can be really helpful, but the other, like the therapeutic treatments and behavioral treatments, part of what that does is it helps you learn to work with your brain instead mm. of against your brain. Yeah. So when you're trying to do things the way that your mother or your sister or your best friend does and seems to work really well for them, doesn't necessarily work for an ADHD brain. And so when you're getting treatment, you know, they will help you learn to work with your ADHD brain so that you can function better and feel better about yourself and not feel like you're drowning all the time. You know, what a gift to to realize and to be able to step into that. You know, if we can say, you know what, I'm going to look into this a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what Beth and Danielle are talking about that, poor organization, impulsivity, forgetfulness. Um, I would even add, I don't know if you'd see this too, but kind of irritability, frustration, management issues where you're just like kind of just struggle when you're frustrated. Um, if you have those symptoms, it may be time to to find a provider to just say, I've never thought about this before, but maybe. I mean, would you say that that could be a step if someone listening is thinking, hmm, this might describe me a little bit. And that's weird because I I would never think that before. Yeah, I do think that that's the first step. You know, if you're listening to this and wondering, you know, this does sound like me and it does sound like me historically, like maybe it's time to go and check, you know, go and talk to your provider. Um, If you can find someone that, maybe talk to your the provider that knows you and then you know look for someone that knows what ADHD looks like in women because it's this cultural narrative um really is very pers- pervasive in our whole culture and so you know knowing someone that if you can which is real can be hard but finding someone that knows the like the ins and outs and the like very nuanced part of diagnosing ADHD in women um, is really important, but even just talking to your your medical provider is a good idea. As you were saying this, and um, I was thinking to myself, and don't even try any of those online, do I have ADHD quizzes? Mm -hmm. Because they're, they're tailored toward the narrative that we've been describing, right? So it, it may not be um, it may not be indicative for you yeah. if you if you just search up, you know, ADHD symptoms because they're more tailored to that, you know, young, hyperactive or inattentive 
kid or teenager oh, yeah. and not necessarily the, the the specific aspects with women. Yeah, exactly. They don't ask about the symptoms with women in a way that might remind you of, oh, this is this is something I experience. And they are they're tailored to the specific symptoms that those little boys see. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes it challenging, you know, I think because you and I were talking um, before that it's it's tricky to find somebody who specializes in ADHD in adults, but then particularly ADHD with women. And so uh, have you found any good resources that you um, might be able to share for folks as, you know, hey, this might also be something to to consider? So when you're saying resources, you mean like people that I, uh, information sources that I refer to. Yeah. I mean, even if it's websites or, you know, people to follow on social media or guides in any way, like just any, anything you've seen. The like quintessential is chad.org, but they are really focused on that little, little boy. Yep. Um, There is also, I don't, I actually don't know her name at all. Um, I will follow up with you and just send it. Maybe you can put it in the comments in the Yeah, podcast. definitely. Um, but there's a, there is a woman on, I don't know. I, I found her on Facebook. I'm not sure if she's, she's probably all over the place, but she's really good about, um, about taking like research-based information. And honestly, we don't have a ton of research-based information about women, but she takes the research-based information, um, about that we're learning about boys and men and kind of spins it so that to help it be more understandable and more um, valuable for women. And I'll get you that her name and give that to you. Yeah, that'd be great. I can include that in the notes um, Mm -hmm. for the episode, which would be great. You know, as we um, kind of continue this conversation, what other pieces stand out for you with women in ADHD in the work that you're doing? I think that there's this other part of ADHD as a woman, I think comes with because of, so there's the like that personality stereotype, but then there's also the expectations that are put on women and not being able to meet those expectations comes with so much shame and guilt that there is, it is hard to ask for help. Yeah. To say like, you know, it's, it's hard to come to your doctor and say like, Hey, I, my house is a disaster. I can't seem to like make an appointment the first time I scheduled it, schedule it to save my life. I, um, you know, I'm really struggling be, especially because the things that ADHD impacts have so much to do with those expectations that we have on women. You know, we are expected to have an organized, beautiful household. We are expected to like manage all of the details of our family's lives and be able to manage the details of our own lives. <laughs> and ADHD often impacts those areas of our lives. And so there's a lot of shame and there's a lot of guilt that comes with that. And so, like, I think I want to say that it, you know, just explore this option if you're feeling these things because it may be just that your brain is working differently than other people and that you need a little help 
and that's okay. It doesn't mean that there's something fundamentally wrong with you. So it's so good. And what you said earlier that one of your clients shared kind of brings me back to this, right? That that she said, I just thought I was lazy. You know, yeah. it it seems to me that this narrative we could have as women is why can't I just get it together? Mm-hmm. Why can't I just get up and do the dishes? Why can't I just keep the house clean? Why can't I just not forget to pick up my kid from practice? Like, why can't I just get it together? You know? Yeah. And for me, that has always been the distinguishing factor between, uh, you know, ADHD, non ADHD kids, especially. Mm-hmm. You know, I think even that narrative of, well, ADHD isn't really a thing. People, the kids just aren't trying hard enough. Right. And that's the difference. You know, the beauty now is that our brain imaging technology has finally caught up to say, mm-hmm. no, it's not that they're not trying. Yeah. It's actually it's that, that no their brain. They try. Exactly. Right. Like their brain is actually working differently than, um, than those of us who don't have ADHD. And so I really want to to kind of remind the listener of that also, that this isn't for lack of trying. Yeah. I think that's a big part of that shame, guilt narrative is I, I can't, I should be able to just get it together and I can't. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. It's, it's, that's an important thing to look for and to like, to remind yourself that it's not that you just can't get it together. It's that there's something that's working differently. Yeah. So it's actually working differently. Yeah. Yeah. Any last things as we wrap up here that you want listeners to know um, about this topic and um, you know, any, or even any encouragement for women who might be listening who are like, Oh boy, I'm, I'm hearing this. I've kind of heard it before. I've kind of thought it before, but I'm not sure I am ready to take that next step. I think it's important to give yourself permission mm. to to get help. Yeah. But also that it's okay to be be you. Yeah. And that there are, you know, we've talked a lot about the things that are really hard with ADHD, but there are a lot of things that come with ADHD that can be really big strengths. Yeah. And I think that's also an important thing that even if you're not ready to get help, like really look for your strengths and try to remind yourself when you're feeling bad about things that there are parts of you that are really great. Um, some of the things that come with ADHD that are some of the strengths that can be strengths um, are kind of a hyper focus. So like an ability to like, when you're really, really interest, interested in something to like really zone in on it and kind of, you know, do it without being, without any outside information coming in. Um, and then there's also this like amazing creativity that comes with it. The, you know, whether it's, you know, creativity in your business, creativity, like crafts and artwork or creativity and like problem solving and things, things along those lines. Like there is this great creativity that comes with having an ADHD brain because your brain's just going everywhere and it um it's it's important to remember that that you know just when you have something that you struggle with that it's easier to just focus on 
the struggles and not the things that are that are really great and really helpful. So I love that we are ending with that too. I love that you're bringing this up too, because I think it's true that it, it may be the thing that catapults us to, to say, Hey, I could be even greater. Yeah. I could get the support for these other areas that are perhaps deficient, but I also have all of these amazing strengths that Mm -hmm. I didn't ever realize could funnel through this lens. of ADHD, you know, like my hyper-focus on doing things, but my struggle to finish things. Yeah. (laughs) I'm saying that, you know, just for a friend, maybe not for the person who's talking, you know, Mm -hmm. like just this is my tendency is to be all in, to be very excited about a project, be hyper-focused on a project. And then I get 97% of the way and then I cannot do the last 3%. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, I just, it's not fun anymore. (laughs) I need to move on to the next fun, energizing thing. And then I'll take that to like 87%. And then, so I love that you are reminding us of the beautiful things um, that also come with the ADHD brain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Gets forgotten and lost, especially when we're struggling. It's so true. And when we compare ourselves to other people who we perceive aren't struggling. Yeah, exactly. Danielle, I'm so thankful that you came. Um, do you do anything on social media? I can't remember from the last time if you no. have, you know, any place for people to find you, your website, social media, anything. So I do have a I have a website, but it, it's um, aimed towards my therapy practice. It's um, www.daniellelmft.com, um, and I kind of got into this particular topic looking into this topic because my specialty is um, parents of neurodivergent kids and kids with complex medical needs. And I have found that when we know that um, both the ADHD and autism run in families. And so I have um, become aware that, or I've, you know, worked with a lot of ADHD moms. And I am excited about our, upcoming episodes that I know you and I have already got planned. Um, But I'm thankful for your expertise today and sharing uh, about this in particular. And I'll make sure that I link all the resources that we talked about in the the description of the episode. So thanks for saying yes. And uh, I look forward to our conversation when we come back together. That sounds really great. That's awesome. All right, listener, thank you for being here. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, stay safe and stay well. Thank you.